Welcome to Gen Z Girlies, the podcast designed specifically for Gen Z women and non-binary folk. This is the place where you can grow your confidence and learn about how to build careers and lives that you'll love. Here you can join a community where we sit down with other Gen Zers who are leveraging their interests and talents to make waves. I'm Maddie Baldwin, your host, your biggest supporter, and your advocate that whatever you can dream, you can do. And this, this is Gen Z Girlies. Hey, Gen Z girlies, welcome to the very first episode of the Gen Z girlies podcast season three. I am so excited that you are joining us today for this very first episode. We have a lot of cool things in store um, coming up with our guest who I will introduce in just a moment, but I just wanted to jump on real quick and say thank you again for your continued support of what Gen Z Girlies is trying to do and our mission. Um, None of this would be possible without you all. And of course, The episodes, the interviews, everything that goes into Gen Z Girlies is made for you to help you build careers and lives that you love. This season will feature all of your familiar favorite types of interviews, but we're also going to be looking to add in a few new surprises. Now, I won't spoil what those will be yet, but just keep your eye out, keep your ear to the ground for those coming soon. But without further ado, let's get into our first episode. Hey, Gen Z girlies. Welcome to another episode of the Gen Z girlies podcast. We have a really exciting guest that I am so excited for you all to get to hear um, and meet her and just hear a little bit of a background of her story. And I know that I'm excited as well just to get to hear everything that's gone into this guest's life and career so far. Um, But if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I like to kind of let the guests introduce themselves and bring them into their story on their own. So guest, if you want to go ahead and just kind of let us know like what your name is, but then what is it that you do? Kind of maybe like what is your title, but then within the title, like what does that kind of mean? So for those of our audience who might not know. Yeah, so I'm Audrey Wish. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am the co-founder and CEO of Curious Cardinals. Curious Cardinals, a mentorship platform that connects K through 12 students to near peer mentors to help them discover and pursue their passions and unlock their greatest potential. And as the founder, as the CEO, I this is my baby. Um, I started Curious Cardinals three years ago, and I am the spokesperson for Curious Cardinals, the visionary, the Every do I always like to say that we clean the toilets and speak on <laughs> CNN with the same pride. So I do it all um, and driving the ship forward as we have big aspirations for what Curious Cardinals can be. So um, that's what I'm incredibly passionate about and I'm super excited to share more in our conversation today. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And I know I've read a little bit of Curious, like I looked on your website on what Curious Cardinals is about a little bit. And it sounds like such a cool idea and startup that you're working on. How did that all kind of come about and how did that get started? It's happened super organically. I was a history major at Stanford and thought I was pre-law. I was like an aspiring next Ruth Bader Ginsburg, (laughs) passionate about immigration and criminal justice reform and gender equity. And I was sent home from Stanford due to the pandemic. And at Stanford, I had been teaching English to members of the janitorial staff through a program called ABLA, which I loved. And I really got nerded out with the pedagogy side of that. 
um, and miss that. And so when I came home, like the first week after making banana bread and losing my mind as we all were, um, reached out to a bunch of families and decided to start tutoring kids. And I started tutoring some girls online and working with them, observed how disengaged and uninspired they were with what they were learning in school and how they were absorbing and regurgitating what they were reading in a textbook, but they didn't know why they were learning what they were learning. So that inspired me to apply what they were learning in school to my own passions in hopes of igniting their imagination for what they could pursue and why, and saw that that got them genuinely jazzed up about learning. And meanwhile, I was having so much fun sharing things that I was incredibly passionate about, maybe that I didn't learn till later on and wish I had learned at their age. And then one of them asked for math help. I wasn't as passionate about math. So my eventual co-founder came into the picture, Alec. He was an aerospace engineer at Stanford and started applying what they were learning in math to how airplanes fly. And fast forward, the families were telling all their friends, I'm a natural super connector. I'm the type of person that loves, has always loved connecting my friends and connecting people. And so I started connecting the students that were coming in to my most passionate peers. And so Curious Cardinals was born. That I love, that's such a cool story. And I mean, even for me, like I feel I, a lot of, similarity on like the getting to connect people. I love getting to bring people together and kind of see how those like stories can impact each other and everything. And I think one thing, totally. yeah, that I love about this podcast as well. And when we're getting to uh, talk to people and the guests that we have on. And one thing I think I'd also be interested with kind of your journey on building Curious Cardinals from where it started to where it is now. Um, I think that's something that's really important that often gets kind of moved over is the really the concrete or like the nitty gritty steps that kind of are that you have to take to get somewhere. So like from kind of the idea of what you've built and um, kind of how that like started to get the ball rolling to like where you're at now, kind of what did it look like maybe like a little bit more concretely to kind of build your startup? So like you have, if you have this idea, you found your co-founder, what steps did it take next to kind of take yourself to the next level? What did that look like? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say it's an unconventional journey okay. because most of my peers who are starting startups, it's like, okay, let me go find my co-founder. Right. When are we going to raise money? When are we going to do this? Well, let's plan out this. Like, we were not saying this is a startup. I don't even remember the first time I called Alec my co-founder um, right. because we had just kind of started and taken this off the ground. We both had internships that summer. I was doing research for a Stanford history professor on the history of sexual assault. My co-founder had two internships, so it just started as a passion right. project. And I've definitely always been the type of person who loves like putting things out in the world or starting projects. I never described that as entrepreneurial, but now in retrospect, it totally was that entrepreneurial right. spirit I always had. So for to each their own, but in a case like mine, or I think something I would just encourage more often is just get things out there. Like you have the idea, something's, something feels right or something energizes you, like make the website, post about it on Instagram, like email everyone you know. That was what the early stages were like and that allowed us to genuinely lead into something out of passion not out of like, it has to be like this, or we have to build this business or that. And it was really the first year where we were super lucky that things were going well, but it was the first year that passed. And then we looked back and said, wow, look at what we accomplished. Look at how many people we impacted. Look how many people joined this movement with us. Look how much money we made. And the fact that we were able to pay everyone without any capital to start. And that gave us 
such an amazing stepping stone to then go out and bring full-time employees on board, raise venture capital money, and do all of these things that kind of officialize the next phase. So I'm so glad we started in that way. And I, as I said, again, like to each their own, everyone should take their own path. But we were so, so scrappy, um, like the scrappiest ever. Even my co-founder, he's He's an aerospace engineer. He's not a technical coder, but he has an engineer mindset. And so every inefficiency we encountered, he just Googled it. No-code, low-code solutions. He problem-solved. He figured it out. Like, we just got very essentialist in, like, Mm -hmm. what are we trying to do here? And let's figure out the best way to do it. And the best way to do it that also doesn't cost any money. And especially in this digital world, there's actually so many ways you can do just that. And then the other final thing was, um, so we started that summer, that fall, I had convinced everyone to take a gap year from school to do Curious Cardinals, was calling people's moms, was really, I had no idea this was like my first pitch moment. Um, And I brought people together who didn't really know each other. It was my first friend I met at Stanford, my TA, who was also my like pre-orientation trip leader, my best friend from high school. I just brought all these people together. We moved into the Cardinal crib, as we called it. And we just had so much fun. Like we were being crazy and there were post-it notes everywhere. And at one point it was when there were wildfires in California. So we couldn't go leave the house and we couldn't go. It was like such a wild time, but we just had so much fun. And I think that's part of it too, that I feel like we often lose sight of is like, don't lose sight of the joy of it all, because that's what's going to fuel you with the energy to stay up super late, gut through the hard times, build resilience. Um, so those are my insights into some of the early day phases. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And honestly, I love what you were saying. I feel like there was like three main things that I really got out of that. That was like to really the essentialism of like building it and like what that kind of looks like. And then I think also I so agree on just getting things out there and like don't focus like too much on the perfectionism of it, but kind of just get it out there, see what people say about it and then like kind of go from there. And then I also love what you're saying about keep it fun. Like that's like such an important part as well. So I think honestly, I think those are like some great steps and really great advice. And I haven't heard a lot too. I I always think it's really interesting because I ask that question a lot to my guests, but everyone kind of, there's a, there's usually some lap over, but everyone always kind of has their own answer that comes out of it as well. And I really love what you're saying about the essentialism too, is build first on that and get that out. And I think that's so important. Um, so yeah, so throughout that process, did you have, what do you think was the hardest part, but also what was your favorite part or um, what you enjoyed the most out of that? And maybe that was the fun part is what you enjoyed the most. But if not, do you have any other stories or what was something that was hard as well in that progress or that process you had to kind of overcome? In the early days? I, th- I think general? just in general. Yeah. And whatever area, yeah, you feel most drawn to, like whatever, wherever your brain goes. I mean, the hard part is that it's a roller coaster. Mm. It is not just a straight upwards line. And you have to be so delusionally at times resilient. And I'm a very optimistic person. I'm very much cup half full. I'm also, it's funny. Yesterday, I was writing a new user manual on how to work with me, um, something I'm introducing for the team. And one of the things that's like my, what bothers me is um, negativity and dwelling in the past. And I see that as, I don't say don't don't learn from the past. I was a historian. I right. am a firm believer <laughs> in learning from the past. 
but by no means dwell in the past. Like all we can do is look forward. And I think it's really easy in life to beat yourself up. Oh, why did I do that? Oh, I so regret that decision. And like in a startup, there's kind of no space for that because the clock is ticking and you just got to get going and move forward. And so I'm a, I think that that through the hard times, maybe what's been hardest is me being that cheerleader mm. for others. I'm like, come on guys, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that this was a low month or like this didn't work out. We just gotta go, we just gotta go. And I think especially for like type A yeah, perfectionist, yeah. really hard, it can weigh on you. And so um, there have been times when even just like cheering everyone else on or being like, come on guys, let's go has weighed on me a little mm-hmm. bit and been like, oh, I need more like, we just need to move forward. Um, and like one particular moment that was interesting and felt more consequential was, so we had our first year and just totally took off. Like that fall when we first moved into the Cardinal Crib, I was on CNN, which is crazy. Yeah. Just like so many amazing opportunities that came. Um, and then that fall, we had raised venture capital money and people were finally back in person from school. And we didn't realize that raising money took a lot of time. So suddenly we weren't spending 24 seven running the business. We were raising money. So there was less attention to the business. And suddenly people were coming back in person and people were asking like, is this model going to last? Because this was like the light Mm. in people's lives, the pandemic, but what about out of the pandemic? And so we had a tough fall and we ended up, we used to do group classes and one-on-one. We ended up eliminating group classes we used to work with a lot of schools. Now we only really lurk, work with charter schools in order to mm. provide our mentorships to students of low-income background. Um, we stopped working with schools and we just simplified and focus. So that was a hard time, but it also was a really beautiful time because it presented an opportunity to simplify and improve how things were run. Um, and then my favorite thing is probably the agency and the learning. Like ultimately we have control over our own destiny. We're not climbing anyone else's corporate ladder, corporate ladder, and we are growing constantly. And it's this crazy feeling every month. I'm like, I feel so much more capable and confident and knowledgeable than last month. And like, that just has not stopped. And I love learning. I never thought I would leave school. It was not easy to imagine myself outside of a classroom, but I think I got that energy from the job of being an entrepreneur because you're just learning constantly. So I truly feel in this role, I am a lifelong student and I am so grateful for that. I mean, that that's so cool. And it sounds like you're perfectly suited kind of for this company that you're building and the role that you're in. Um, and so kind of like the role of, I guess like you started the founder, but now you're like the CEO of Curious Cardinals. So that I think right now is CEO is kind of a dream role for a lot of Gen Z and kind of like wanting to build. And I think with so many more, um, entrepreneurial kind of wishes in the Gen Z community that's kind of growing for someone who might be interested in pursuing kind of a similar path that way or doing something similar to like a CEO. I know it's very different person to person, but like what would a day in the life um, or your day to day kind of look like as a CEO of Curious Cardinals? Yeah. Um, Day in the life. (laughs) Um, Leading the team making sure the team is knows the pathway we are moving forward and feels clarity and conviction and energy as to where we're going moving forward 
and then filling in wherever the company needs me. Mm-hmm. Like I have had to wear many different hats, as has my co-founder. We have been chief sales officer to chief marketing officer to product. We have done it all mm-hmm. to, as I said, like cleaning the toilets, like cleaning up after the events, like whatever it is, we've done it. So I think a big thing too is filling in where the gaps of the business lie in the present moment um, and being the spokesperson being the external communicator, whether that's with investors or potential other partners. And I feel really fortunate to be in this position. Actually, after the first year, we were wondering, should we be bringing in a more experienced CEO? And one of our big learnings was that, especially with a company you found, there's no one better suited to lead it than than the founders, Mm -hmm. because you understand the company intimately. But there's also high expectations of you. We have employees and they have families and they have tons of other places they could go work. And we raise a really high bar of excellence to make sure that they choose to work at Curious Cardinals and they enjoy working at Curious Cardinals. And Curious Cardinals has a growth trajectory that energizes and excites them. So as much as it's an exciting and amazing and beautiful responsibility to take on, just as much as the founder role can be glamorized, I'm, I believe the CEO role can too. And it's a massive responsibility. And around the clock, all there, I think some of the things too that you have to do, um, like even letting people go, for example, are so painful. It's so not easy, but that is your job as the CEO. So I think as much as, as I said, I feel so grateful I want to make sure I'm honest about not glamorizing it because I think that can happen too. Yeah, no. And I, I actually really appreciate that. And that's another thing that we feel is really important too, like at the Gen Z Girlies podcast is we want to show the honest and kind of the true representation of what jobs are actually like and what it's actually going to entail. Because I think that also helps people when they're trying to decide what path they want to take to like, once they get there to feel either to feel more satisfied in what they've chosen, um, if you kind of know what direction you're going. Um, but when you're talking, oh. yeah, exactly. And when you were talking about how in your first year, you were kind of trying to decide if you should bring in like an outside CEO, or if you should stick with um, you as well, like being more experienced. Well, I was going to say as well, it sounds like you've definitely made the right decision just kind of with the accomplishments that you've had. And um, I'm going to ask you as well, like what your favorite project or accomplishment it is that you've kind of done in the job. But I also was going to say, I don't know if this is your answer, but I do know that you are Forbes 30 under 30. Is that, that's right, right? Yes. yes it well, is. congratulations on that. Cause that is honestly such a huge accomplishment. And I think also goes to show that you definitely made the right decision with um, continuing in as the CEO role. But is that, do you think your favorite accomplishment or project you've worked on, or is there something else that you're really, really proud of? I mean, Besides, you know, like the entire building of the company part, because that's, that's also a huge thing. But within that, what would you say? Honestly, as much as I am so grateful for that and the earn PR we've had, I, I don't derive mm. my like joy and satisfaction from that. Because what I find so funny about it all is that you can be having like the worst day of the company or being the greatest struggle era and then like you get an award or you get a positive press piece and it just again capitalizes on like what can be really difficult challenging about our social media society that we gen z girlies have grown up Mm -hmm. in which is like on the surface things can look so great and that does not give any 
light into what's actually happening or how challenging it was to get there to get that award so I always feel this weird thing of like I think in that moment I just felt like yay this is so exciting and it was crazy I was 20 yeah so it felt like wow like I could have gotten this for 10 more years um but then I was like don't get to my ego <laughs> like cool amazing this is an opportunity this is a privilege to get access to such incredible people to have a badge of credibility in this way but maybe makes my parents a little bit more comfortable <laughs> when they say when are you going back to Stanford and I'm like well I got Forbes 30 under 30 <laughs> um, but like apart from that this means nothing and it's more just a privilege mm-hmm. to have access to the community and I feel like don't let those things get to your head because you have so much to prove um would have been, I think our community is the thing I'm most mm. proud of. And that's an ongoing thing, but it's both on the mentor and student side. In the early days when the pandemic started, I was interviewing yeah. all of the mentors and I was like, I am so lucky to be speaking to these people. They are incredible and they want to work for Curious Cardinals. How fortunate are we? <laughs> this is amazing. And then it was in the pandemic. Everyone was craving community and connection. That's part of where Curious Cardinals even came from. We wanted to connect mentors to young students. And I was like, I should connect these people. Again, the like connector instinct in me. I was like, they're so amazing. Like, oh my God, this person who loves mechanical engineering and baking would so connect with this person who loves like so on and so forth. And so I started hosting these Zooms and we did curious cocktails and curious quirks and curious kahoot and all this fun stuff. And there were genuine connections that forged. And to this day, we've barely done any proactive recruiting. Our mentors are our best cheerleaders and brand ambassadors and tell their friends. Um, Similarly, on the student side of the equation where we have events for our families and our parents, most of our growth has come from word of mouth referrals and community events. And I remember in the beginning, someone asking me, like, why are you spending your time on this community? Like, what are the returns on this? Mm-hmm. And kind of questioning that approach, because it's definitely an unconventional approach. Um, but when I look back now, and we've had so many events and so many people who have gotten, like, there's been like 15 mentors who've gotten like internship opportunities from the wow. community, like outside of Curious Cardinals, or so many friendships that have forged or connections that have made. We had like, two students started dating, all of these (laughs) things, which is so funny. Um, So I just, that I feel really, really proud of when I look at like what opportunities have come out of it or what connections have been forged. And I feel really proud and excited about building it going forward. Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, I think that's such a great thing. And I I feel a little bit, I feel like I can relate a little bit with even this podcast because I love getting to meet so many cool people and um, just kind of get, feel so lucky to get to talk to so many people and get to kind of, at least on my end, like dip my hand into so many different pools just because all the different kinds of people we've talked to. I think we've had, um, we've had like some film directors and we've had lawyers and we've had um, New York Times bestselling uh, artists and all these different kind of different people that have been on it. So I totally get you on that front and how that's so cool to kind of get to bring all these people into your network and get to connect them with each other. And I think that is so cool. And I love how you also talked a little bit about how starting that there is also these um, rewards and things that can come from building these communities and connecting people. And that is such an important part as well. Um, and kind of going back to, I think you were talking, we mentioned the Forbes 30 under 30 bit. I really liked what you were saying kind of about 
success as well and how you didn't quite view that as success because there's some like that might be a little bit more on the surface. And one thing I do love to ask all the guests that we have on the podcast is you are, I think, by society standards, very successful currently. But what would you consider success for you? And in like your life and your career, what does that look like? What would you find um, brings you that feeling of success? And maybe that is the community you're kind of just talking about. Um, but yeah, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? So what, the reason I was a little bit having like a career crisis mm-hmm. or identity crisis when I was loving Curious Cardinal so much, because I was like, I had my 10-year life plan. Right. I was supposed to go to law school, be the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and the reason I so gravitated towards that pathway was I was super passionate about making a systemic impact, but doing through, so through supporting mm-hmm working for individuals. I love individual human connection and getting to know someone and understand them and be their champion. But the idea of that having ripple effects was really, really inspiring. And when I realized like, why do I love Curious Cardinals so much? Why does this feel so suited for me? Never in a million years would I thought of technology as the vehicle Mm -hmm. to enact that systemic impact. But here I was feeling like this is so me, like this is what I at my core am most motivated by. So I am super motivated by making an impact on individuals in a way that champions their individuality, is a, provides a solution, an opportunity, a source of inspiration that they couldn't get elsewhere. And reaching as many, I hope we can serve every kid in the country. I hope we can serve students around the world and I hope we can change their lives. That's crazy and idealistic, but the stories of our community are what motivate me most. Um, And then I'm really passionate about changing psychology around what is K through 12, changing psychology, changing the norms, changing what people are comfortable with as it pertains to what is the future of K through 12 education. The, The solution today does not work. It hurts students on all sides. And students are disengaged, students are are unhappy, mental health is at an all-time high. And if our goal in education is to prepare kids to thrive in the world, the kindergarten class today is going to enter a world with jobs that we couldn't even imagine that would exist. And so I hope that we can begin focusing on teaching skills that don't have the shelf life of the type of subject matter we're teaching kids in school today, as well as teaching kids in a way that instills confidence in them and belief and sparks their curiosity. A lot of school is like clocking in from a nine to five job, like if anything, draining and killing a love of learning. So I'm also really passionate about changing what that can look like um, in the impact we make. So that's what I'm really inspired by and will take a long time to get there. But um, I love the journey too. Well, you're saying that's what inspires you. Well, it's inspiring me too, just hearing you talk about it. Uh, you put it in such great words. And I think just that kind of that whole journey and really having that um, systemic change is so important, especially in the coming years. And yeah, I think it's so interesting too, like what you were saying about how the kindergartners now and even like young, like the younger end of Gen Z are going to be graduating and having these jobs that we don't even know about yet. And the future of work is just going to look so different for them. Um, and so it's kind of about preparing um, Gen Z and the future generations that really kind of take that in stride and take the ownership and bring kind of the love of learning back to that. I, I think I love that. That's so inspiring and so motivating to me as well. Yes, I'm like, oh, I want to get involved. That's great. Um, 
thing. Yeah, of course. And kind of like jumping off of, I think we've talked a lot about the community that you've built within Curious Cardinals and that you love getting to connect other people and kind of make those connections between people and see those, those forged, um, in your own life. And I think you also mentioned kind of the mental health crisis that Gen Z and the younger generations are kind of in right now. Um, and so like in your own life, within, within your job, within outside of your job, how do you kind of seek out community and friendship and building connections that support and champion you kind of in, um, your career? Like, what does that look like for you as well? Totally. And a few things there. One is my godmother always says there are drains and fountains. Mm. Um, and it's such a visceral statement. I love that yeah. drains and fountains. And I seek to surround myself with fountains. You mm. are who you surround yeah, yourself absolutely. with. And I've always been someone who's been quite intentional about friendship. And more recently, I've had to be yeah. because I'm not in school. I'm not in a company with peers that are with tons of people. And so like there is no place. And I was actually talking to my co-founder about this yesterday. I was like, there's no place we're just going to like make friend. Yeah. I will say I am a pretty gregarious person. Like one of my best friends in San Francisco, I met at a sushi bar. <laughs> so there I met one of my other best friends. I met a woman in tech networking event. So like definitely happens but I think you really have to be intentional yeah. and make the time and find the people especially if you're pursuing a non-linear path where your journey can feel isolating or just so different than others and so I, I just think it's I'm a very social person and I get energy from being around inspiring people um, and so I think it's just about being intentional and finding that time and finding those people as well as creating the time to do all the things that energize me so that whether it's in work or when it's hanging out with a friend, I feel that I can show up as my best self. So intentionality is key. And then the drains and fountains and the high, having the high standards, a thing I also heard somewhere was um, like you, you want friends who deserve to be in the front row seat of your life. And I love that. Like who are the people you actually want there and who are the people who are cheering for you unapologetically, unconditionally and vice versa. And so I think that's another thing when, cause my time is so finite, having a really high bar. Um, and I'm so lucky cause I have such extraordinary friends, mentors, advisors, um, even though like having a high bar is what makes that possible. And so I feel really fortunate. Yeah. I think, I think that, that, is so great to hear too. And I, I love what you were saying about intentionality as well, because that's something I've found to be really important in my own life and friendships as well. Um, and kind of talking a little bit about, I guess, the older end of Gen Z as well, because I think it's Gen Z is at such an interesting point where there's the younger end and the older end, but they're kind of still very separate groups as well. Um, but I think that is something that's so interesting to me as well is kind of that year um, or really just like right when you're getting out of the education system or it's your year after college or your year after university, or maybe it's you're taking a gap year after high school is kind of, you have to learn those skills of what does it look like to be intentional? What does it look like to seek out friendship? Um, because you don't have these built-in spaces where you're just going to be around your peers all the time. So I think that's such an important lesson and can be a really hard lesson to learn. I think the first time when all of a sudden you feel like you're kind of just floating and all your scaffolding that was there is suddenly gone. But it's also a really empowering moment. I think that when you find out, yeah, that you have like the ability to um, take the reins and kind of make your life what you want it to be. Yeah. So I think, yeah. And I will say, like you said, getting on the education system, I will say the kind of complicated mm. part, but it's also so fun is I don't have a friend group. Yeah. I have 
lots of individuals. I sometimes love to bring them yeah. together and I'm like, hey, everyone, <laughs> meet. Like, I love you all. You're all going to love each other. Or I'm like, actually, maybe like you two are really going to connect. So I'm going to sit you guys next to each other and like so on and so forth. But if you are, again, like pursuing a nonlinear path, when you're in a group, there's it does cultivate group think it is harder to like go the other way or do the nonlinear thing. So I also just think like, how do your friends make you feel? How do you feel champion? Like what is the type of social setting and like friend experience or connections that you want to forge that are going to help you feel like your most authentic self? So I think that's another thing is like really looking inwards and thinking about like, who are you? What energizes you? What makes you happy? And then what type of person do you want to cheer yeah. for? Because friendship is reciprocal. And so like, it's not just about them cheering you on. It's like, who are the type of people that you're going to be so inspired and amazed and proud of that you're going to be like, keep going. <laughs> like I'm your number one cheerleader. Um, Cause like, that's hopefully what friendship is, is like that mutual support. And um, again, our time is finite. So being really real about what that looks like for you in the most authentic way. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I mean, I could not have put that better myself. I think that was a great way to put it and to think about just community and friendship and um, how, like, I think you were saying, you know, like the the fountains or the drains, um, how that also is going to eventually kind of filter into your business and your career as well and how both your personal life and your career life, they kind of push and pull against each other. So I think that's so important as well. Um, and yeah, I think that was just a lot that was amazing about your role in Curious Cardinals and also your life within Curious Cardinals and who you are, which um, is what we love to do. And kind of just as we're wrapping up as well, kind of the last question I really love to ask like guests that are on the Gen Z Girlies podcast as well, because I think um, I think like what like we've done so far, but something that's so important to me as well is that we don't just get to know your career, but we get to know the person behind it too. Because I think that's the person who is the person makes the career, the career doesn't make the person. Um, but something I love to ask is just about you is kind of, is there something you've been just interested in recently or something new that you can share with our audience? And that can be a new book series you've been reading, or maybe you've tried a new recipe or there's a new album that you've been listening to a lot, but just something new that if our audience is looking for something fun to um, add into their lives, do you have something that you would recommend? Yeah. So Last, I'm a big reader. As Me I said, too. I'm a lifelong reader. <laughs> um, I love constantly learning. I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, and last year, and I write down all the books mm -hmm. I read. And last year, I looked at the books I read, and I was like, I've never read so few books in my life in one year. And a lot of them were business books. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, it's a lot easier to like fall off sleep <laughs> when you're reading this book. And so I set a New Year's resolution to read one book per month at least this year it is may we're at nine books and <laughs> it hasn't like audrey don't get competitive with reading this is your, <laughs> but i've been reading a lot of fiction and i love it and i love reading fiction and stories and i again my like learning mentality i always think i'm learning so much about being and i already consider myself to be an empathetic person but fiction builds empathy and it inspires creativity, and I've just been loving it. And so um, read fiction, or read what you want. Maybe you don't love fiction, but read what you want, and or do the things you want, and create space for them, because they're going to fuel you so much in the other parts of your life. So that's something I've been really enjoying. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Audrey, just for taking the time to come on the podcast, and to share a little bit about you, and 
your career and your life. Um, are there any ways that our audience could get in contact with you, whether that's LinkedIn or Instagram or, um, or do you have any um, last minute ways? Yeah. That they can find you on social media. Totally reach out on LinkedIn. Um, can also do Instagram, but LinkedIn, I'm Audrey wish would love to connect and hear from you and have you join us on your journey, become a mentor, join our team in some way, all of the things to get involved with the Curious Cardinals community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Audrey. And for the Gen Z girlies audience, if you've listened to the episodes, you, you know that we say this at the end of every episode, but um, you can connect with us across all the social media networks. We're at Gen Z Girlies Podcast, and um, that's also our email, genzgirliespodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Any comments, um, suggestions, anything you want. If you have a joke, we'd love to hear that. So just reach out. We'd love to get you connected in. Um, if you have any ideas for guests, please reach out and we'd love to hear from you. Um, but thank you again, Audrey, so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. And this is Maddie and Audrey signing off for another episode of Gen Z Girlies.